You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. In the Netflix series that you had, where you went like, I think it was seven days, like you just try to just only spend with black businesses. And he's like, even if you, it's like everything has to be black. You gotta learn to cooperate. You know war is won without allies. I'm, I'm sorry I got off point, okay. but the, the point that I'm trying to make is that the federal government at one point, instead of making the big banks do fair business in terms of redlining and stuff with black people, mm -hmm. said, no, we'll, we'll, we'll just support the black banks. And they never came through on their promise. Right. And they still want us to come vote, but they never came through on their promise. We should be forcing the hand of the federal government to do that. And at the same time, we should be cooperating with larger banking institutions, many of which whose banks were built directly off the backs of enslaved Africans. Yeah. Right. You look at stocks and bonds. A lot of that is you were the stock in the bond. You were the problem. Mm -hmm. Insurance you, company. You, you, yeah, that's that. what you were. So yeah. my thing is, again, I learned selling drugs. Me and you could be at war a year ago and a year later, the prices is right in shit. <laughs> I don't want to kill you no more, Rollo. I got a hundred bands. You got a hundred bands. We got a $250 deal. My buddy got 25. Your buddy got 25. So at a certain point, it's not that the pain isn't there. It's not that the tragedy isn't there. At what point do we have to start understanding that to win a war, I must ally? The United States and Russia have never liked each other. Just two radically different concepts on how to treat people and how to give them money. But when Germany popped up and was Omar and everybody, motherfuckers found a way to get along. Shout out to the wife. So, the so we, we, have to, we have to think with the same mentality that I don't have to like or love you. But in matters of, of strengthening me as an individual, in my understanding, what I can do in my group, in our, our community, I will partner or ally with you in a matter of a, of a bigger role. And that's just that's just what it is. Yeah. So let me let me let me ask you a question yeah, real quick. Because I know not only are you an entrepreneur, but you're really into politics. I don't want to be. I was going <laughs> to ask you. That was the segue. That, it was a segue because I, the, what you just said is what you said about the president now. You're like, mm -hmm. I don't have to like him or even vote for him. But if he does something that helps my community, I should take advantage of that because I'm taking advantage of taking advantage of everything. I'm taking, but that's every president. Right, right. Yeah, that ain't just president. Now, that's, yeah. I guess I, there has been no president that has been for the black community. Right, right. You wanted to. Make Hold it. on, take that in. Yeah, that's a fact. That's that has been no president that has been for the black community. But if your policy affects the black community in a positive way, which can affect the greater community, I have to pay you some attention. So, is that so? I have to pay you some attention. You don't think Obama was for it? No. Not really. <laughs> this, this is it. Because I'm clear in what I say and how I say it. There has been no president yeah. that's for the black community. But if that president plan in any way or policy helps the black community, I'm for that thing. You get what I'm saying? No, I, I rate all U.S. presidents that about a C. Different variations from a C minus down into the D's to 
you know, when you start off with slave masters and presidents, that's a really funky term. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a low barrier. So, so I, I, you have to spend your life as a person of color reconciling the fact that the dollars that are in your pocket, the dead men, the slave masters that own, that, that, that give worth and value to the things you're doing, own people and that wealth is come. So, you know, when, when we get woke and we get mad and we want to castigate rappers and entertainers and shit, you don't do the right thing with your money. You have Andrew Jackson on your $20 bill that you're tipping this stripper with. He committed <laughs> genocide on people that were from middle of America and that were red and were here before you got here. So you're passing a genocidal bill to pay for your Ciroc and your, your knee to get grinded off and you never <laughs> chastise yourself enough to say, I'll only pay by PayPal because I'm <laughs> Or Greenwood. <laughs> so I, I'm. By the I'm, way, you know, with, with, you, you know, man, in, in matters of money, we had better learn that we're going to have to pack some emotion to the side to accomplish specific goals from a monetary standpoint, so that we can take care of ourselves. Because no one's coming to save us. Yeah. No, nothing's coming out of the sky to save us. Karma, although it's a nice concept. Evil people live longer and they seem to be happier. <laughs> George Bush didn't die. He was 90 middle something. So, but you were, you were supporting Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. So you, you were, you, you have progressive, I guess, liberal views. Or I, 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 if, 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 if voting for Bernie Sanders takes my taxes up out of the 40s into the 50s, just at 60 even, takes care of the next 25 to 30 years of Americans in terms of education, Healthcare, trade at trade and college education, mm -hmm. and basics and, and, and extensive health care, and provide social programs that grow us as a country, I have no aversion to supporting that. And in fact, I think that much of his policy has been raped, robbed, and looted by both parties at this point, versus us getting behind the person who wanted to give us everything we would have needed during this pandemic, including some type of universal income, including some type of health care that was universal leading toward it, including de including decriminalization of marijuana, including um, a federal task force that would have dealt with role police officers, including all these things that, that, that would have affected us. But because we didn't do it, because we didn't go that move, or because we got robbed of it, or whatever the theory is, then you gotta, you know, you gotta give what you got and you better master your coin. You know, because we're in, we're in a system where as much as they want to say they care like Bernie, they don't. And if you're if you're not going to allow me to pay my 10 or 15 extra to let someone like him lead the way, don't get mad. And I'm going to try to keep an extra 10 or 15 percent and figure out who the fuck Trump's tax lawyer is. So I can <laughs> on the west side. So, you know? right? Well, but yeah. I, did, I did, you know. I didn't. I didn't vote for the evil person. <laughs> I, I, I want to go. That may be. I want to go back to. I want to go back to Greenwood for a sec because yeah. uh, a lot of times, and even in the book, it, it, it dives into the the fact of black banks being put in neighborhoods right where deposits weren't coming in at a frequent rate, yeah. and so they had to charge higher interest rates when they weren't loaning out money because most people don't really understand how banks make money. Yeah, the and loans so, is what makes them. Right. So my thing is like, is Greenwood. Is it going to be similar? Like, how are the interest rates? Are they going to be competing with the, the big banks? Or That's their work? goal. First, first, first is deposit savings. And so it's steps. This is where we are first. Mm -hmm. First, the goal is to wipe out check cashing. To wipe out the main, um, the main parasites in poor and working class people's lives. Yeah. So, you know, people here save 20, 40 bucks. It doesn't sound like much to them. But when you're talking about now you can save 10% of your income, what about when that person gets a raise and get 500 get 1000 Now you're saving 
more money. So that is the attack. And the next phase is in loans and home ownership, automobile ownership, and then the phase after that. So I like the fact that Ryan is, unlike, uh, unlike in the past, is not trying to do everything himself at the same time. Mm -hmm. As much as he's, he's seeking and they're talking to allies at this moment, realizing who are they going to get in the business with in terms of partnering with larger institutions that recover, who are the institutions that your money is actually going to be sitting with, and as a platform, what they can do to reduce fees and costs to you, help you become more financially literate, help you to save. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's the first step. Eradicate the check cashing. Yes. Which in the back of the day was also the cell phone store. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's level one. Right? That's and level then, one. Then we got the deposits and loans. Yeah. And so I guess the next, the last stage would be business loans, small business loans? Yeah, well, small, I mean, I don't think that's the last stage. I okay. just think that, I just think that if you're going to run nine miles, plot out your first three. Okay. Then plot out your next three and then your final three, right? Gotcha. So that, let's just say those are the first three miles. Yeah, and I saw, I read somewhere, Ryan said, like, I think 50% of black businesses, oh, black businesses get loans at 50% lower rate than white businesses. Something. I think it's, uh, we're returned, yeah, at 50% lower rates. We're also denied in comparable applications. Mm -hmm. We're denied 21% of the time and whites only eight. Okay. So I'm, and he's, so I'm assuming that's something that you guys will be trying to eradicate as far as what Greenwood. There's, there's definitely going to be, you know, Greenwood is not Superman. It doesn't come in and say, right, 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 right. what it is, is a part of the Avengers. It's a part of alternative ways now for us to take control of our dollar. And that's everything from a new black credit union that's popping up. That's everything from the traditional black banks that are already in the market, whether it be Citizens Trust or Carver or One United. And that's new platforms and FinTech like Greenwood. Yeah. You know, I'm an advocate for, you know, if you want to, if you want to get the freedom, take a whole lot of buses. You know, don't depend on everyone going in one bus. You know what I'm saying? Andy even told me and Ryan, don't travel together. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, what you guys are doing is that it. Don't even travel together. Because if freedom is the objective, there may be slightly different variations of, but we'll get there, even if it's not at the same time. But I think we need a lot of pistons firing in an engine, not just one. And we have to, we have to begin to end our want or or need to critique or overly criticize based on a past failure because yeah. a failure is something you learn from that and that's the part it was like if people understood their relationship with the money they would understand it's like if my iphone breaks i don't say i'm never using apple that's again i'm just gonna get another <laughs> iphone you know what i mean but if we it like and i bank with citizens so shout out to citizens but yeah, if they like if they mess up a deposit it's not like yo i'm never banking with them again i'm gonna give them the same thing like, we gotta get it fixed right we got, and again yeah, that's why i tell people like one day as a leader which i wasn't even in the in in space to be but aka another people like that black women make you leave <laughs> but um you know i'm gonna say I, my bad i fucked up yeah you know? You know, let me let me get back on the bus. Let's, yeah. let's figure it out. And there's another reason I constantly consult with people too. You know what I mean? Even before saying yes to this, I called around to to black men who had ran banks. I called around to people working. Like, what do you think of this? What's fintech? Help me understand. Mm -hmm. And I got you know at least a, and I already knew. You know, I already trusted Andy. I already trusted Ryan because I'd seen him do it. But I just wanted to learn more. I'm gonna constantly like I learned, I found you guys just learning. Just kind of bouncing around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this motherfucker look like a 90s RB. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Wait, like, you saw the, the rest of the group? Now we definitely don't. Oh, that is that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The beige rage. The beige <laughs> nah, I appreciate that. So, what's your, all right. So, as far as business, because you're a business owner, as I well, am obviously, sitting we're, in we're sitting in a business right now. Yeah. So, 
as you said, um, brick and mortar, especially brick and mortar businesses have been hit tremendously hard yeah. since the pandemic, especially black businesses. Over 40 percent of black businesses have completely closed. So um, what is your opinion? Because I personally think that like some of the problems in the black community as far as business is that we're too reliant on brick and mortar. Because that's what we know, right? It's like, we know sneaker stores, we know hair salons, we know restaurants, we know barbershops. They're all great because they're service-based businesses. Yeah. But in times like this, it, it's, it's difficult because you have overhead, you have staff, you have things yeah. of that nature. So now you, you're, you're going into the financial space, but you still have a brick-and-mortar business. Yeah. You think there's a balance between the two for business owners? Or? I mean, I, I think there has to be for certain businesses. You know, right. I think that people like the congregated fellowship. So you can only keep churches, restaurants, liquor stores, and barbershops closed so long. You know, <laughs> them guys are gonna hang in front of that liquor store. <laughs> you know, people are, people are gonna come to get groomed. Was it essential business? Essential yeah. business. Yeah. So they couldn't even close yeah, it. Exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> you, know, you can't get drunk, you're gonna go crazy. You're allowed the politicians sneaking us all. But um, we, we have to change methodology in here. You come here now, either you have a mask or, yeah, or we have one available. Take your temperature by appointment only. If we have four people in the chair, there can only be four other people sitting. So. You know, and my staff is great about that. I got I got to give them that. They keep it clean. They keep it sanitized. Our bathrooms are always on. That's a stickler of mine. Make sure I judge businesses. Like That's what Bam, Bam was like. Yo, this this might be the cleanest barbershop I've ever seen in my life. Like it's immaculate. Shouts <laughs> out Celine. What's my new guy's name? Sam. Shouts out to Sam. Shout out to Sam. Celine. I thought Sam was cutting his. <laughs> Celine is such a pro. He got hired as an intern, paid internship. You know, not not a lot, but it, I would have bought a few pair of Jordans. But Celine um, <laughs> uh, also has has a talent of camera work. And he said, hey, I've worked myself out of internship. I'm still going to do this type of stuff in the shop, but I'm going to find a comparable replacement and train them. So oh, I wow. got to give him. Those are the type of people you want. Yeah. And I spent a lot of years floundering in barber because what we had barbering because what we had was people who were used to the old school way in which I cut hair all day, but I don't clean up all day. Mm. It was, I, I paid booth rent, so I feel like I'm an independent contractor. But you never have to worry about your air being hot. You never have to worry about it being cold. You never have to, or those things get solved quickly. Mm -hmm. But you never think about the variation in booth rent and everything. That type of stuff. So um, I love working with people that get it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I love working with people that take cleaning the corners of a building as seriously as they take making sure that the light is on outside and that register. Because, you know, I have poured a lot into a dream that really is a platform for other people to prosper from. You know, um, I, I want to, I will not have succeeded if we do not do what Chick-fil-A did. Chick-fil-A mm. took a novel concept and gave the first opportunity for franchising to members of the church and members of the family. They gave it to people they knew would take pride in it. So Chick-fil-A has always been ran with a different type of pride. You know, Andy Young talks about going and seeing Kathy Truett walk into stores and start cooking itself. You know, that 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 is a mission that's greater than I want to make a lot of money. That has added locations. That has sent kids to college because they got an amazing scholarship fund. People genuinely seem happy when you walk into Chick-fil-A. You going to McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> a little different. That ain't, ain't no McDonald's. You can tell they might not be treated so, <laughs> My goal is to much like Chick-fil-A grow ownership right from behind these barber chairs and behind that desk. So, you know, if Salim or Sam or any intern that comes through here grows to become an owner, you know, shouts out to Melissa over with the Hawks who went from being a ball girl, I think, of the, uh, in the NBA for ball, now runs marketing for the Hawks. 
Those are the type of stories I want my platform to create. And that does come with making money, but that comes from having a team of people that add to that in that way. I think that's why what you're doing, you guys are doing, um, it's so important because you get it, right? Like, you know what it takes to give a loan or to a barbershop or a hair salon. Yeah. These businesses that typically wouldn't get a loan. Yeah. But you said something interesting now, your dreams, right? So the barbershop, was this a dream? And if so, yeah. what what's the next? Well, because well, I'm thinking in my mind, like, you didn't know the fintech, so this kind of just came along and it was a yeah. great opportunity. So what what, what are the big Yeah, I wanted to own up, like, I wanted, I want, I knew very young I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Very young. I was like, this yard work shit. <laughs> this is not for the real, man. What are you what are you talking about? People selling drugs out here, bro. What are you about? I see my nigga make three hundred dollars. <laughs> my grandmother gave me that raggedy ass lawnmower. I'm going, you know, cushion fucking more for twenty-five, twenty bucks. And then old people, like after they see you do it quick, they like, maybe I shouldn't give them. This nigga twelve dollars. Scoot on, you know. You don't think all people can slick you, but they'll finesse you on the west side. But when my mom took me to Decatur, you know, my mom lived in the cab. Those people didn't mind paying 20 bucks. There was a kid living next door to me, didn't mind getting paid 10. So I would charge ours 25. You know what I mean? I'd give him 10, keep 15. He's my lawnmower. I got to do maintenance on this motherfucker, dog. And, <laughs> um, so I learned very early that figure out the deal and figure out who's smart. My mom had a good business model. You know what I mean? She, um, she, she was always about not working and figuring out ways to, she was a florist by nature, which means she was an artist. Um, she, she dated very successful, she dated a very successful, successful drug dealer who opened up businesses as well. So she was just always thinking. So, you know, for me, it's like it's my next thing. My next thing is mastering the thing that I started before I find a next thing. Mm. You know, the banking made sense, but I've been peeking and poking around there for the last six, seven years. So this came and dropped in my lap, but it was too perfect not to do. And it's really a matter of me just getting out and getting the message out, just getting the message out, letting people know, hey, we're here, we're here. You have an option that doesn't lead you to the check cashing place after you get your summer camp job, right? Mm -hmm. That's easy enough to do. It's, 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 it's daunting getting up at 6.30 in the morning because people with money are getting up early watching TV. You know what I'm saying? By the time 7, 9 o'clock traffic hit, they already in front of themselves. They've done what they had to do. So that part is like, okay, this is a this is like a real job. I got to wake up. But the brick and mortar stores that we do in terms of these shops, and I call them stores, because what I learned really early is if I'm depending on barbers and boot rent, I'm going to fail. I'm going to close because people's lives is happening. You don't know whose child needs what. You don't know what emergencies are coming up with their parents. A lot of barbers are talented people. They're making money on the quick. So they like regular artists or entertainers or tradesmen are responsible for more people than themselves. You know, so I started to not understand because I still got to pay my rent, but I started to see the glitch in the matrix. So we are transitioning to a commission shop. Right. So I've been talking to people like the owner of Sports Clips. I've been talking to people like who worked in Floyd and Rudy system, getting it as we sharpen our system. But what kept us open and kept us prospering and went from being just a pet project that I wanted to have a barbershop so I could have a guy's place to hang as long as it paid for myself, my business partner and wife. You know, as long as it paid for itself, she wasn't going to give me too much trouble. You know, my managers had sat down like, no, it's paying for itself. You know, you make a, you make a grand or two after booth rent and all your bills paid. So it was like, cool. And I was like, but then I'm like, you know what? Like when I'm sitting in a barbershop, I oftentimes I just need a T-shirt. 
Like I just went and picked up some crack Air Forces and I, I got to go to the BP. <laughs> I don't even want to go to the BP. I got to go to the BP. I got to get Jerome a dollar. I don't even want no gas. <laughs> they t-shirt quality whack. I don't feel like going to DTLR. So I started saying, why we not sell a t-shirt? Yeah. We started selling t-shirts. And then it goes from fussing and fighting with the barber about some monies they don't or don't have or how short or short to knowing I'm doing thousands of months in merchandise. And I start to understand that not only are we a barber shop, we're a cultural center. And the swag shop, unlike most barber shops with shave, wash, and groom, have the actual culture of barber. So our faces are painted red like a London-style barber shop. Mm -hmm. Our pole is red like a London-style barber shop. Once you get in, we try to keep it very simple in terms of what you see with the barbers. We use very, you know, with manly stuff. You can grab this stuff out of Cynic Sears, Amazon, order it, it drops. We have art, because I'm a fan of art. Chris Hobay did this from Art Revolts. He also did the back. We keep things very simple, very clean, very tasteful, very manlike. And then we get you here. Come and look at the cool shit you can buy. To match the Nikes you just got from Walters. Or the outfit <laughs> for what's happening. Or wish. We have a symbiotic relationship with other small businesses in which we want to make merch. The Travis, the Travis, uh, the Travis Scott's drop, the colorway is no accident. Mm -hmm. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? And I know that everybody doesn't want to wear the exact same outfit to the club. So our customers get exclusives, one of 150 main, one of 250 main. You know, our staple shop shirt sale. We got a Transformers. We got a Starscream shirt. Your barbershop ain't got no fucking Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So I don't even know if they know Starscream. That was my favorite character. Come on, man. You got to see the one with the two razors. We'll yeah, man. We'll see one. So what, what we're in the business of doing now is making sure that not only do you get a shave washing room, a proper shave washing room, because you just sitting there getting a dry haircut is an experience you might argue about sports. But a shave washing room is the only 30 minutes to an hour that the black man or American working class man gets. That's just his. Your wife, no, I told my wife, I'm putting my shit on motherfucking mode. <laughs> Don't call me. I'm in the barbershop. <laughs> this is your this is your country club. And so after you get that cut and that exchange happens, now you get here and you get to take a piece of that culture in the real world with you. And what you're also about to start seeing from us is content. We work with actual artists. Ian Clare um, is an artist we work with. Chris Hobay is an artist. Scott Fuller is a graphic designer we work with. So as we drop stuff, you're going to see this stuff now leave. And this is, you know, when, when we talk about Sean Richard, we're talking about, to me, two of the most influential black men walking the face of the earth. It means something that you're in this shirt, because this shirt needs to say, because on the back it's of hard. Each, your hard, work yeah, ethic yeah. determines your worth, it's right? <laughs> These men prove that work ethic determines your worth. It actually proves that. So in the real world, I want this culture to leave from behind that counter and go in the real world and create positive and systemic change. You know what this reminds me of, Troy, somebody that we interviewed? Recently, yeah. you guess? I, I know what you're going to say. Say it. Yeah, so another hip-hop legend, especially where we come <laughs> I know you're going to say We haven't dropped this interview yet, so I'm going I'm to let the cat out the way. Shout out to 914. Styles. Styles C? Styles What's the man fucking talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ghost, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Because oh, I'm thinking the same yeah, the Ghost, So it's crazy because, you know, he has a juice bar. Yes, I know. In, in, in Yonkers. And um, we went, we did the interview in the juice bar. And he was telling us how, well, actually, before he got there, the staff was telling us how it changed the whole culture in the community. Yeah, yeah. Like, People come and they, they look forward to getting the juice and, and it's like and then he was his wife him and his wife was telling us now they not only do the, the juices but they got the online juice yes. and mm -hmm. they got the merch and they got the whole thing they turn into a whole business so it's, it reminds me of the same thing it's like not only are you it's a cultural mm -hmm. thing like you said it's a yeah. culture for the community 
but you're integrated vertically. Rest in peace to Nip. That's what I was like. I'm going because I'm like, yo, this is now like when we went to uh, L.A., we had to go to the marathon store. Me too. Right. Absolutely. And so it was like it becomes a cultural landmark. Absolutely. And so like, you know, I saw Nipsey out here. I'm like, yo, that's what you created. Absolutely. A cultural landmark was like now when you come to Atlanta, you have to come. Absolutely. When you go to Yonkers, yo, the ju- where's the juice bar at? You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And it provides not only opportunity for you, it also provides opportunity for the communities. Because the next thing it was like, yo, how do we grow? Because maybe this merch sells out so fast. Now you got to get a factory. But that also hires. Was well, not people. a maybe. We're, we're in the, this Friday. Or uh, this Friday or next Friday, I go about an hour north of here um, to look at screen pressing machines as I own a garage you don't not say. far from here. And, you know, if you, so let's, let's use round numbers, right? Drug dealer talking. Okay. <laughs> We're going to use a $10,000 number, right? So yeah. you made $10,000 last month, your employees. $10,000. What I've learned from my wife, whose grandmother ran a liquor shot house, right? They think numbers. They, you see a pint, they know how much each shot out that pint costs and how much they should make off this pint. She says, well, I say, well, how much it costs us to make the 10? Because if it costs us seven to make the 10, I only made three. Yeah. I want to make, I want to put three in and make seven out. I want to change that, right? So I said, how can I cut costs? Because I'm looking at the shirts. We like a lot of color, but the more color you use, the more expensive shirts are. I said, man, yo, fuck this shit. <laughs> I said, I know somebody got laid off a furlough and fucked up, man. I know it's somebody that can run an anything. I know it's somebody that can run a screen print operation. I got a building. Why don't I just go buy my own machine? Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of doing that right now. Right? I, I, I love Rick Ross as a businessman. Rick Ross got 300 sun makers, got Holy Field on shit. <laughs> the first question, nigga, like, I'm lazy. Nigga, who's gonna cut the fucking grass? <laughs> Rick Ross starts a grass cutting company. The way he's shouting out John D., I'm sure they gave the niggas a free track. And now his homeboys that would say, hey, man, let me hold son saying, let me get a job. Because yeah. most people want the dignity of having a job. And now he has a way to cycle his money within its own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got Trump's tax lawyer. Shouts out. <laughs> you want that money? Me too. And, and now he's able to put the people around him on staff. He's able to big up John Deere. Well, he got to have a deal. Rose, you got to tell. I need the John Deere. Yeah, we, we'd like <laughs> to know. talk to you yeah, about I'm that. I'm just about four acres Boy, I, I need a tractor bag. But um, so that that's it. You have to start. You learn to do that. You learn to get in the game at first mm-hmm. and then start saying, well, what can I produce? What can I do? You know, yeah. so whether it's Jay, um, who got us to, into doing lighters. So, you know, big lighters are not cheap, but they're all the lighters I use. But people are willing to pay. You know, it's easy to sell nicks. You know, it's harder <laughs> to sell dime. But, you know, it's easy to sell It's easy to sell nicks. If the work's so, good? Yeah, like, you know. Sell the So we have the specialty items that are synonymous with Killer Mike. You watch Trigger Warning. You want to know where to get Cripple Cola and Blood Pop? Well, just pop up at the shop. I was just about to pop, go to the yeah. store. You get your Cripple Cola and Blood Pop, and more than likely, you're going to say, well, let me grab a new era. Let me grab a lighter. White woman came here last week. Man, I just bumped up in the shop. I just popped up in. White woman, man, spent 200 and some odd dollars. God bless her beautiful Pat <laughs> Benatar listening to in the 80s song. This was the coolest mom ever in the middle of this shop with all black guys, nobody looking menacing, but she was just like, my son loves y'all. And I, I wanted to come in, he's a Run the Jewels fan. I'm like, you are the coolest motherfucking mom. <laughs> we took a great pick, but that type of stuff happens more often than not. And um, I realized it's a swag shop. And, you know, a lot of people say it's a brand. It absolutely is a brand, but it's a brand based around the culture of black and working class barbershop. And what my ambition is to have 
Um, my small ambition is to have 150, three in every major black market. That's from Buffalo to Miami, mm -hmm. from Los Angeles to Charlotte, to have three and it, to, to expand. I, I, I see now as I learn more about this game and I see Floyd's and Rudy's and Supercuts and Great Clips, I don't see any reason why we can't get in excess to 500. You know, so, so at this point, I'm thinking, when people see you, do they even think about music? Or the first thing they think about is like, yo, well, that's- Well, Run the Jewels was top 10 on the Billboard that. 200. Right. We, um, we, we, we sold a lot of records. We just did an Adult Swim special, our only performance this year that's on HBO Max for a month. Yeah. Uh, we're arguably the greatest rap duo in, in the world right now. So I think that people know me for music, but I'm more encouraged that people know me for more than music. Right. So my family's from Tuskegee, Alabama. And if you talk about Lionel Richie, of course, you start singing and people start thinking of great records. My family's a landowner family. So what my aunties remind you of, you know he bought, he bought a lot of LLA, baby. He did something with his money. He didn't just give it all to children. So mm -hmm. first, stop having children out of wetlock. And, and then buy some land like Lionel Richie. You know? and, and I can attest to that because I was talking to a billionaire three days ago and he said one of the most savvy business people I know is an entertainer named Lionel. He calls him Lionel. You know, white folks say Lionel. 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 <laughs> No, that's dope. And I, even when we interviewed the barber before, and he gave me an idea I never thought about. I go to barber shops my whole life, and he was like, How many times you see the barber selling hair grease, selling brooms, selling a brush, selling a yeah. comb? We said, like, Yeah, it's like, but you would think, like, that would that makes sense. That makes complete sense. It's like, why would I have to leave the barber shop? Yeah, so I hate hair going grease. into beauty store with my wife. Uh -huh. So, I'll tell you on that. I, I, we started brushing. I hate going into beauty stores to buy my grease. So we'll make sure everybody gets the brush and stuff too. But beyond that, um, I found a black company based here in Atlanta that, that does private labeling that you sit down with, let them know what you want. They create a line for you and we've got our own line created. And we'll be using a black company as our source locally mm -hmm. to supply our line. So by Christmas day, you'll be able, you'll be able to get a package to take care of your skin, your beard, your face and all that because as a guy man i'm just simple i go to the mall or again i go to walters or wish or or i go to um, sneaker cartel and i get my kicks i don't feel like doing other shit. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i want to get oh man i'm in the shop i got my oh give me that kill your masters give me give me that kill your masters give me that brush and um i need some grease one-stop shop one-stop yeah. shop man because i sat in my barbershop on the south side the og shop and i'm sitting there you know, slightly stoned, just observing, <laughs> observing things. And I see a guy come in selling socks. I see a woman come in selling juices. Mm -hmm. I see another guy coming in selling shitty stuff from CVS. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And There's always I'm that saying, guy. There's always that guy. just a shop. This is a store. But, I, and, and then, you know, I got it where it was like, again, where did I learn business? The trap. Mm -hmm. I start taxing people. Oh, you come to my shop, I got to have, I got to have 10. One of them make no money. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Mm. You in my shop spinning. So then they start serving on the outside of the door. So then I say, well, hey, man, you're on my curb. You got to give me five. <laughs> but you're not going to come here and, and not face some taxation because every, every, every month, man, this man want this money, man. And this woman I sleep with tonight, this fine, beautiful woman, she like money probably as much as she like me. And she like me before I had money. So I can't go to her telling her, baby, we ain't good. We ain't got you it. got to pay me for it. <laughs> That's when I got the understanding that we're not a barbershop, we're a store. How is the Cola and the Blood Pop doing? Selling out daily. Shouts out to um, Thug, he took a picture with the big homie Bear Lope. Um, He took a bunch of Blood Pop up in studio session last night. Okay. Mm -hmm. So shouts out to 
Tip, shouts out to Thug, shouts out to Savage, they all. Is Jay, is Jay partnered with you on that? Or I know he had purchased something and put it in a lyric and I was like, okay. Yeah, man, he, he gave us a shout out. Like, man, to get a free Jay-Z shout out. <laughs> man, I'm like, I owe Jay for life. <laughs> if Jay calls me tomorrow and says I want in, then yeah, what are we doing, sir? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's still fledgling. We're still building it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still very proud of it and we're determined to make it something. I think that there is room in the market for the brands that we've built up with street fraternities, with neighborhood cliques, with dope sayings, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There should be an old boy cologne. I don't fuck what nobody say. Yeah. I, Cam is fly. <laughs> Cam, Cam can sell cologne as easily as Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? Remember the old Johnny Depp shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like Cam can do that. So my thing is, you have to do it for it to be done. So Cripple Cola and Blood Pop are real things. Right now, you can buy them anywhere Exotic Pop is sold. Mm-hmm. Exotic Pop has been doing a, a dope job of getting it out there. You can buy it at the locations, at the swag shop locations, and a few more places. And you want to, you know, our goal is to go national. How you doing with stocks? I've I, I seen a couple. Yeah, that's that's my wife question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I, you know, I bought her after that, like I bought I bought Shay. These are the kind of gifts I get my wife, right? So, like, if I'm just like in Linux, I went into the Apple Store and grabbed some sneakers. I'm going to probably stop by Victoria's Secrets, grab like you can your bras, and I like to see her in them, right? I'm probably, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm probably going to go you know, pop up at one of the high-end purse stores because that's just habit at this point. And I like seeing a happier face. But you do that so many times and you're just like, you know, this is, it's, it, it doesn't hit as hard because a woman, you know, like my woman, she likes security. She likes the purses, the boots and that stuff. But within the last few years, I've gotten more about, let me buy you things that appreciate. So I bought her her grandmother's original house. I bought mm. her a duplex um, in, a, in an empowerment zone. I bought a set of apartments. I bought a lot of cool things for her. Um, well, the apartment I bought for us. The other stuff I bought just for her because I wanted her to be able to make, I told her early on, if you quit your job and just work helping me do me, I'll, I'll guarantee you $120,000. So I was like, I, you get my goal is make sure you make $10,000 a month that ain't got shit to do with me. Mm. And you know, a few months ago, she came in and showed me a piece of paper and said, you know you got me there. I've never acknowledged it. I just want to tell you, thank you. I love you. You know what I mean? Yes. But my wife. Did she asked for a raise? No. No. I don't have that. I don't have that. I said, I ain't no raise. This is ain't no raise. He always gets us in trouble. Shout out to him. Come on, man. Damn. But I started buying her stocks. Just this S&P 500 stock. Just like, you know, stuff that I know we're going to always use. My grandparents were just regular working class folks. But they bought me Coca-Cola and Delta stocks because those were two of the biggest companies here. They knew those companies weren't going anywhere. So I don't know as much about stocks as she does, but I know she's been very happy. Okay. <laughs> so, but Number one. I, I bought her a lot of it. Yeah. So. Dope, dope.